ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Who is Julianne Thorne, please? <laughs> wow, so cat mum first. Definitely a cat mum. I'm not someone who is here to have human babies. My mission, you know, my, my one of my purposes is to look after cats and to help, you know, raise awareness of them. So we've always had them in our family. We've never, not that I have nothing against dogs, but we've never really had dogs. I've never kind of come into contact with dogs either, you know, not even extended family, extended family or friends have them. So we've always had cats and it's just, that's such a lovely safe space for me. You know, I'm an introvert, so I struggle being in groups of people and that's not usually socially the norm. You know, you're meant to go in and, and socialize with everyone and being with, you know, more than probably two people is, is a stretch for me. Obviously, you know, I can manage it, but cats were always calm and even the crazy ones, you know, were, were fun to be with and despite the fact that I've not always known about behavior you know I, I had my behavior qualifications I don't know 10-15 years ago now so even though cats could be unpredictable I still found that easier to to deal with than humans you know and with cats they're so clear that it's either a yes please or a no thank you yes I love cuddles or no thank you very much you know with with humans there's like there's this these filters and these um masks and stuff you know we, which we all do to protect ourselves and what have you but with cats it was just simple and i think that's why i've always gravitated to them so when i'm in a party <laughs> i'm this, one of those people that when there's a party i'm in the kitchen or you know i pop to the toilet and i find the cat somehow or the cat finds me and we'll be on the landing for you know 45 minutes just sat next to each other <laughs> So when I was younger, I was very overwhelmed by people, by school. And, uh, you know, it was a relief when I found my connection with cats because I've, it meant that I could be myself and there were no issues with how it, having to be a certain way. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it was, um, it was comfortable and it was just a lovely place to be. So cat mum and a wife you know there is the human connection there but um I've definitely always always been drawn to cats and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about 
speaking up for them is because I was misunderstood when I was younger. I was told that I was a grumpy teenager, you know, and, and now when I look back, I realize it's because I was overwhelmed in, in, a, in an overwhelmed state, you know, my physical body, my nervous system, I was in a heightened state of anxiety and I, I couldn't, I didn't know about that then. I couldn't articulate that then. So when I would be in overwhelm, I'd be short tempered or I would be quiet and reflective and that got misconstrued as being grumpy. And that's not, that's not the case. Whereas now as an adult, I can say, I'd love to come and spend time with you for two to three hours, but that's my limit. And after that, I need some quiet time. You know, I need to go within, I need to recharge, I need to meditate or whatever my coping mechanism may be. So I think that big label of, of grumpy and being misunderstood again is a real driver for me to speak up for cats because people say they're they're annoying, they're wrong, they're doing this just to spite me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is just it's just so not the case you know they're just trying to share trying to communicate something we've just got to figure out what that is so um how so how long have you done naturally cats probably about 15 years it started off as a hobby and it started off because I couldn't find someone that did what I do now, which is the complete holistic approach, you know, energy, emotions, physical, mental, spiritual. It, it, I, so I, so Pickle led me to, to try to find answers, which I'm sure a lot of people have had those, those animals, that cat, horse, dog, guinea pig, that, led you to learn to, to to learn about yourself to find out about other things to broaden your horizon so to speak so she was chronically poorly we weren't getting answers from the vets as you wouldn't because they were treating one thing at a time and we need to look at the whole picture so she inspired me to you know train in reiki and healing and animal communication and zoopharmacognosy so that I could try different ways to help. And then through the, obviously the training, you've got to do case studies, you've got to work with you know other animals. I remember doing some healing on some chickens <laughs> before <laughs> as one of my case studies. I also did it on a giant tortoise. It was, oh, it was massive. It was, the energy was so wow. dense. It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And then I did it on a hamster and it was like little tiny bubbles, you know, in, in my hand. So I started to have kind of clients, although I didn't really charge them at the time, you know, from having case studies to then just helping people because just want, just want to help. That's my, that's like a stick of rock. If you cut me, that's what it says at my core. I'm here to help, you know, I mean, I'm here to be of service to others. So, so yeah, so uh, it started years ago and it's really been the last I say the last four years that I've really committed to it to say to people, you know, I'm here. How can I help? Wow. 15 years of studying, learning, just to help, help your, your, your first hard cat pickle. Yeah. Wow. Can you yeah. share a bit more about pickle? What was pickle oh, like? Yeah, she was, um, she was grumpy. <laughs> Which is, when you think about the, the kind of similarities there, it's just uh, 
it's phenomenal when I look back now. I wanted a cat after I finished university and every rescue centre we went to didn't have one. I'm like, how can rescue centres not have cats for rehoming? Surely there's like an epidemic of cats that need rehoming. And uh, we've, we waited three and a half months and we finally had the call from Cheltenham Animal Rescue Centre. They had a cat. She wasn't in a good way, but would we want to see her? And something in my heart knew it was her. Regardless, we were taking her home. And it wasn't because I was desperate for a cat. I just knew that she was there she was the one we were ready it was time like my soul was just complete and I didn't even have her (laughs) it's the only way I can explain it so we went to go and view her in theory just with a view to kind of seeing if she was right for us but like I said on a deeper level I knew she had cuts all over her ears she was in a really bad way she'd been stray for about four months they estimated and she was terrified you know she was absolutely petrified and I said yep we'll have her and it didn't help that the guy that was trying to help get her into a carrier was usually from the dog side he said to me, you know, I normally work with the dogs. I don't know what I'm doing with cats. And she's hissing and growling and, you know, her eyes are massive, her ears are flat. And I just said to him, move out the way, I'll do it. And I just went in, grabbed her, scooped her up, put her in the box, you know, not in like in a bad way, but just literally was like, come on, let's get her home. I need to be with her. And the whole journey home, she was yowling. She was howling. She was telling us, you know, either I'm glad to be with you or I'm not very happy. <laughs> I think it was the second one. <laughs> so we got her home and we left her. You know, we shut her in a room with all the resources that you should, and we just let her settle. And then about two and a half, three hours later, I went in very quietly and she gave me a little rub across my face and then she bit my nose. And that was it. We, we, we were best friends ever since then. So she uh, she was very poorly, unfortunately. But again, I believe everything happens for a reason. So she was poorly because it led me to then train in those different modalities. She had first and foremost diabetes, which was the steepest learning curve I've ever endured, regardless of all the studying, you know, my degree and everything. That was the steepest learning curve. We couldn't get her diabetes regulated. We couldn't get her settled. We couldn't, we couldn't figure, I couldn't figure it out. Um, and now I look back again with hindsight, it's because we had her on dry food at the time and, you know, dry food's not good for cats. So once we got her off that, we were able to get her a bit more stable, but she never really, she never went into remission. She never was really fully stable with it, but we did the best that we could. But in amongst diabetes, we had... <laughs> We had pancreatitis, we had gingivitis, she had arthritis, she had all her teeth out. So she went to go in for a dental because she had problems. She had gingivitis with her gums. The vet said to me, he phoned me and said, I've just gone to take the two teeth out and four others have fallen out. I'm like, okay. So I said, you know, clean it up, do what you need to do. She came home. She must have had maybe three or four teeth left. So she would then, she'd dribble when she ate, she would make loud noises when she snored, which just made me love her even more. And uh, the pancreatitis was, you know, now and again, the arthritis sadly was the thing that 
that took over a physical body and and again now there are things when I look back I wish I tried laser therapy you know light therapy we did try acupuncture she wasn't particularly receptive unfortunately I think it's a great modality and I've had it myself many many times but she didn't like other people she was she was a very hesitant cat because she didn't trust very easily so people coming into the home she didn't react very well and you've got to find that balance haven't you between the stress of the actual situation versus the healing of the modality and I always think that you really need to weigh up which is more important because overall you want to help so it's not a question of just administer the treatment because it'll make her better because if the body's under stress it's not it's not conducive to to working for them so yeah so she lived to 17 and we had a very codependent relationship she was my heart and when she was put to sleep I've, I've never been the same since I'll be honest I struggled with my grief phenomenally um, I ended up taking some time away oh, sorry <laughs> because you know it broke my heart but she's not she's in a physical body you know and they don't last forever god damn it <laughs> I had 13 amazing years with her and you know she was my heart she is my heart she was my inspiration and I've never never met a cat like her which I know I've spoken to other people and they've had similar experiences with cats that have touched their heart and changed their life because that's essentially what she did for me you know a four-legged furry overweight grumpy cat <laughs> changed my life and I'll always always be you know have her with me I've got photos obviously around the house I've got tattoos of her paw prints you know people need to do what they need to do to feel connected or to to in remembrance that's what worked for me and yeah I wouldn't be helping the cats I am today if it wasn't for her so as much as in those moments where I would break down because we couldn't get a diabetes stable or she was having a bout of pancreatitis or she came home with like hardly any teeth or I'd see her struggle to poop which again was another issue I look back now and think you know I'm so thankful and so grateful that she chose me for us to be together, for her to go through all of that to help me. And I'm just so grateful that I've got the opportunity now to share my knowledge and try to help other people and to try to help other cats, really. She was your spirit guide, you know, your angel. Oh, she yes. led you to this path to 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 get you to to learn to help other cats. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's um, it's very beautiful, you know. Sure. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, when when did she pass away? October two thousand eighteen. Yeah, eleventh of October. 7.13 p.m. Not that it's ingrained in my memory. <laughs> um, 
and and do you know what that was the most beautiful situation you know we had the vets come to the house and you know she was in my arms um i just you know i wish she didn't have to go but of course she has to go because even in her passing there are lessons for me there is teachings for me you know the the grief the sadness the hurt the the, the anger the pain all of that that i went through when i'm supporting people and helping guardians now you know i i can empathize with them so it's again it's another people may not understand it but it's something else i'm grateful to her for because it meant that through feeling all of that i can even help more people mm, i understand understand when an animal touches you in a very special way when when they when they create so many um different situations for you to to solve problems to solve and to try and figure out what's going on um they actually make us a better person you know i've always felt um because i do rescue work as well um it's the tough cases that you learn and grow the most Absolutely. you know yeah yeah. And, and, you know, in their passing, I always felt that I always learned something when they pass because it's, it's um, obviously not everyone enjoys going through it, you know, um, but it is a cycle of life and death, you know, and yeah. um, each time I encounter death and I, and I stand vigil or, you know, assist an animal crossing over, um, it's never easy. It's never easy. Um, you actually, for me, um, it it shines a light, you know, um, on my own uh, rawness and vulnerability as well. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of emotions because you get very angry, very frustrated, a lot of guilt. Um, oh, yes. A lot of guilt. What if? What if? Why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I do that? If only I had known... <laughs> Uh, right. Um, gosh, I, 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 I completely understand that because I have gutted myself so many times in my mm -hmm. head, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, God, oh, you stupid, stupid, stupid person, you know. Um, but it's thanks to them that um, I, you know, we all become better caregivers Absolutely. because we learn so much more and, and that's where we can actually help other other animals in need mm. and that's when you know a light bulb moment did you you know when was there a moment in time when you sort of knew that this is the path that you were going to take i'm so distracted by your cat show uh, like yes. on, on on camera i have to say i am loving I the cat love right now <laughs> Uh, Ducky, she's a Zoom whore. <laughs> I love it. She really, really love it. She, she, she's, she loves every time I go on Zoom. She has to come and then she has to, I have to, I have to kiss her. She has to smell my mouth. I have to open it up for her. I have to, I have to let her inhale. I don't know why, even though I was like, did I brush my teeth or no? You know, and then and I get a, a bit embarrassed the first few times because she sticks her butt to the camera. I saw that too. <laughs> And, and that's what, and people can't see my face because the, all 
they see is this ass. <laughs> I, I have to say, this has been one of the best Zoom calls I've had in a very long time. <laughs> so, yeah, so my, my little ducky, oh man, she's, she is a survivor. Um, she came to me, um, my girlfriend rescued her all from a, uh, she, my girlfriend was a second degree rescuer for her so apparently <clears throat> um, she was from a litter of um, a very sickly mama and very sickly kittens mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh, when they were rescued they were in a very poor condition um, environment mm -hmm. and uh, who the person who was holding on to them initially wasn't doing a very good job so it was like a extraction kind of thing at the same time Okay, and um she and her brother uh, was under the care of my friends. Um, the brother was doing okay, but she was tiny and they couldn't figure out. They didn't realize at first that they were the same litter because she was half the size of, the, of the brother and or the other siblings. She was like literally the, the size of my palm mm -hmm. and I have, a, <clears throat> I have a tiny hand. <clears throat> and, the, and the brother was like, boof, you know, like my head, kind, you know, like chunky. Mm. Right, mm. and then she was like this really scrawny thing, and my my girlfriend's uh, one night she she WhatsApp me and she was sending me videos and photos and said something's not right. I think I think this kitten's dying, you know, and and stroking out. And I and I looked and I said, yeah, your 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 kitten's having seizures, and multiple seizures actually, because my friend had didn't even see it. I because mm -hmm. she she didn't realize what it was at first, mm. and and. Um, my girlfriend was crying and she and she she knows that i do raw food and i and i do a more holistic approach with supplements and stuff and um i said well she's been to the hospital she was went at the vet she's seen multiple doctors and they've given her lots of medication and uh you know the the magic formula called prescription diet and stuff um but she wasn't responding well and i told my girlfriend i said well you know you can try and change her diet, but I can't promise anything because it, from the from the video, she really looked like she was um, going to pass on at any moment. You know, she was mm. struggling with her breathing as well. So mm. my girlfriend was like, um, you have to promise me that you're going to save her. I said, I can't promise you. No, Aww. you have to promise me. I can't promise you. You have to promise. <laughs> I can't promise you. So we're going on this way. Next thing she said, like, okay, I'm going to drop her off. Um, with, I'm going to drop her off tomorrow morning before I go to work. It wasn't even a request. It was a statement. <laughs> you have to save you. her. Yes, you have to save her. You know, and I don't care. I'm like, do whatever you have to do. And I said, I can't promise that I can save her, but I'll do my best. No, mm -hmm. you have to promise. So it went on even like like hanging up. It was like, I have to promise. No, I can't promise. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so she came to my home and I um, I used um, Animal Safe um, Animalio, Dr. Melissa Shelton's uh, essential oils on her. And, and then I gave her a thorough bath because... Every time they told me that she, you know, that they're clean. When the re when they come to me, they're never clean. There's always um, fleas or something, you know. And sure enough, uh, amazingly, she had fleas on her, even though she had like a medicated bath and everything. And the vets yeah. checked, and two rescuers checked and said she's clean, you know. So uh, so my That's my experience, buggers, aren't they? Yeah, mm. I mean, like they literally hide in the anus. Any any orifice. 
even in the eyes, you know, yep. the tear ducts or something under the eyelids, they will hide. Mm. So I, I've learned um, never trust a rescue. Every rescue, there has to be something, okay? So I, I go through a, pro a protocol of, well, I'll, I'll put some oils for a C, but sure enough, things started to try and uh, jump ship, you know, and then I, I gave her a good bath, you know, um, animal safe products and, and kept her warm. I held her in my heart and then mm -hmm. I gave her some raw food and she whacked it up. Um, and my dog, cause I, I, I have dogs and I've got a dog and a cat, several cats and, uh, my dog, um, actually could sense when she was going to have a seizure. So and that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Before, before the seizure started, my dog would start getting very whiny and anxious and pacing and, 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 and like she keeps going towards oh. the kitten. You know, and yeah. keeps like nudging her and stuff. And at first I was like, oh, what's going on? Next thing I know, there she goes. So I started to use um, the essential oils spe uh, very specifically from Dr. Shelton's line. That's for seizures, um, neurological stuff. And we managed to actually reduce the seizures uh, from say like 10 times a day to half then another half to within wow. i think two days um minimal like maybe one wow. yeah and then i i was like really amazed i said okay it's the oils or is it the food so even though she was on raw on raw food i i would stop the oils at first just to see and then she'll have again uh, the the frequency came up again so i'll put the oils on her and then they went down mm. so i knew that for her case, the oils were, were helping to reduce the seizures for her, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it was like um, an eye-opening moment, mm. you know, especially if she was so tiny. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how long the body can, can take, you know, um, all that. But she survived. <laughs> I think, you know, she, you know, they say cats have nine lives. <laughs> I think she used them all up. <laughs> In, in, in you know in a casino royale kind of moment and you know she <laughs> and she's like screw death i survive so ducky cute as a little bugger that she is on camera she really is a hustler all right she's a real bitch she's a real hustler everyone um, she hustles the old of oh, there she comes again. Uh, she hustles all the all all the big cat. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. she's she's best buds with the other adult hustlers, you know. <laughs> and she likes to bully the others. Oh my goodness! So you know, we've realized she has no fear whatsoever. So she That's always quite death. worrying when you find something like that. Mm. And ever since then, she's completely, utterly fearless. Like, she's mm. not afraid of anything, mm. you know? So I mm. said, like, you used up all your nine lives mm. <laughs> at that point. But, yeah, yeah she's grown up well, um, mm. I'm, but she's tiny, tiny for her size. I don't think she'll grow any bigger. Mm. She's about two years old now, I think. Mm. Yeah. So she's it's gorgeous. been a, a journey with her. Yeah. yeah. It, I, do you know what? I find it is. Hustle. So regardless of whether you have them for a short amount of time or whether they are with you for years I do find it is like you said a journey and I know some people don't like that word but 
I think it is, you know, life is a big journey. You know, we are as humans traveling this road of our humanness and, you know, the spirit side, whether people are into that or not. But, you know, we're trying to survive every day. And I think when you've got a cat that comes into your life, be it for a short time or a longer time, it is a journey with them. You know, you you can choose to either learn, to lean into it and learn from them. Or if you resist it, you just cause yourself more pain and frustration and things will get worse until you lean into the lesson. That's what I found anyway, you know, that there are things where I'd get frustrated and it happens now with my cat, Leo, the rescue cat we've got now. And I think I've cracked it. I think I've nailed it. I've got it sussed. And then he'll do something and he'll be like, uh, sorry, mum, not quite. I'm going to completely turn it on its head. And I'm like, oh, come on, mate. Seriously, you know? And you've you, you got to just like roll with the punches. You've got to, you got to go on that journey yeah. with them. And yeah. I find that if you try and do things your way, it's going to be really bloody hard. So you're better off just yeah. being led by the cat and following their lead yeah. and letting them lead you to lessons or learnings or you know education or people that you're meant to interact with whatever it may be I believe that they are actually the navigators for us you know these us humans on this planet if you lean lean into what your cat is trying to tell you if you learn from them you'll have a much more fun time you know things will be a lot lot easier if you just let them show you and share with you what it is they need to Sure. Were you always, um, you know, into the holistic side of things? Or again, w was it because Pickle sort of led you to these, you know, new modalities? No, I've I mean, always what, been, what I've of... always been quite spiritual. Right. You know, when I was younger, I had, a I had a set of rune stones. I was always drawn to crystals. You know, I've, I've always been into the spiritual side of things. And... At times, Pickle made me question all of that, like, ridiculously. Because I'm like, how can this be about love if you're just getting more and more sick? Or, you know, how can this be about our wonderful journey together when you just keep pooing and weeing outside the litter tray? You know, and, and now, again, I look back and it is all learnings because that's, mm -hmm. that's what we agreed together when we were in soul, when we were in spirit. We said that we would work together so she could help my soul and I could help her soul. And, you know, God, did she ever, you know, she changed my life. And there were times when I didn't know what on earth to do. I didn't know where to go, who to turn to, what the next steps would be. And I've sat in, you know, on the floor, I've sat on the bed and cried my heart out because I just don't know what the bloody hell to do next. And then as soon yeah. as I kind of catch my breath and just take a minute, it comes, it comes through, it comes through my intuition, it comes through whatever form of guidance people want to align to, you know, religion, religion or otherwise. But um, there was never really, there was never really a moment with her where we connected, it just happened, like I said, from from our relationship, we, we saw, she saw my ex-partner come and go, she saw my current husband, you know, current husband that sounds terrible she she saw my <laughs> my current husband arrive um <laughs> is he at home right now <laughs> no thank goodness okay <laughs> she um and do you know what i knew he was a keeper because 
I got a new job, my corporate job at the time. And I said to him, oh my God, I've got to go away for a week training, a week in Manchester, like Monday to Friday. And he, you know, can you come and look after the cat? And he was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but sure. We'd only been dating for like, I don't know, four months, four or five months. Um, and he did, and they got on like a house on fire. I mean, I've never, I'd never seen her be like that with anyone. She wasn't a lap cat. Mm. She sat on his lap. She actually, in the 13 years I had her, sat on his lap more than mine, ever. You know? <laughs> and when they say, like, you know, animals are a good judge of character, God, was she ever, you know? Um, and they had a very, very beautiful bond as well. Um, I've never, ever seen my husband cry. And on the night when the vet carried her body out of the house, we were both in floods of tears. You know, he, she, she... She was so special and as much as she would make us tear our hair out, you know, she was the most gorgeous little being there ever was. And, and our current cat, Leo, now, we're going through challenges with him. You know, he's asthmatic. We had him for three months. Everything was fine. Then we had six months of trying to get a diagnosis and now he has an inhaler, you know. So, and when <laughs> when we found out, I said to my husband, we were at the vets after couple of months of testing and things and I said to him probably after the second vet visit it's asthma I know it is and he's like let's just go through you know go through the tests and and I was like yeah that's fine but I'm like all the way along I'm like it's asthma I know it's asthma because <laughs> I, I, I because of who I am and what I'm doing you know it, it has to be mm. asthma because that's that's how I meant to help that's what I meant to learn you know and then sure enough we get the diagnosis and he's asthmatic I'm like <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> and husband says to me, he looked at me and he said, can't we just have a bloody normal one? <laughs> Life will never be the same. I said to him, your I said, path baby, is not, yeah, your no. path is different. You're special. No, I said, yeah, I said, we will never have, a, you know, air quote, like normal cat because... <laughs> that's that's just not the way it's going to be for us you know um <laughs> so yeah it's uh I, I i do think that they teach us stuff and you know we got leo onto raw food he came to us from the rescue in a mix of wet and dry he was previously feral so he's petrified of people he still has moments with us you know he still finds us unpredictable but we got him onto raw food and then in August, he had six days where he didn't eat anything. So he ended up being in the vets overnight for four nights. And the first thing that he ate, apart from a tiny bit of hard-boiled egg yolk, the first thing that he would eat after all that time was dry food. Mm. And and my world just came crashing down. I questioned everything that I, that I stand for, everything that I share, that I teach, that I educate people on. You know, I am pro-raw, I'm anti-dry, you know, and it shook my world up. So the lessons from Leo are still <laughs> coming thick and fast, you know, because... I understand. It, it's, I, I've got a choice. In, in every situation, you've got a choice. And I'm like, well, my priority is that you eat. You know, you're a cat. Mm. You can't go into hepatic lipidosis. You need to eat. So my knowledge of dry food how it's how it's created what's what was contained in it <clears throat> excuse me 
the effect on the cat's body, I have to put all of that to one side because I need to get something in this tiny little black cat body, you know? So I've got to let go of my ego. I've got to let go of my, well, I know that dry food's not good type type of attitude, you know? Mm. And, it's, and it's happened twice since. We had, a, we had another instance in October where he went a bit wonky with food and I had to make a call, you know, it'd been 24 hours and I, I thought I can't let this continue. So I've got some dry food from the visit to the vets that we had. So I put a few kibbles down all the while my head's just like complete mush because I'm just fighting so much with the should, like you said before, the shoulds and the guilt all, all coming through. And I put the dry food down and he ate it. And my first thought was, yes. My second thought was, ah, crap. <laughs> So yeah, no, I I I understand. I hear you, because we have had oh, cats that you know when they're at the vet, or when they're really like, all they want is just processed food. I mean, sometimes, you know, we we have tried using like freeze dried raw, so yeah. it's the you know, the so called uh, healthier version of kibble in that sense in a dry form. You know, so we try, we always try different things. But at the end of the day, um, if an animal is sick and it's all they want to eat is that, just let them eat it. Yep. You know, like, like I, I, I totally hear you because I, I'm a fresh food feeder kind of person. Mm. And the thought of feeding kibble or, you know, oh my God, kibble is the worst. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to kill this cat. But well, if this cat will only eat kibble, let's go from there first. Yeah, Ab absolutely. No and yeah. No, no, no point staying on your high horse and refusing to give kibble and, you know, you're going to end up killing the cat faster. Yeah. You know, yeah. because all the, if, if that's the only thing the cat is willing to eat, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And we found, we found that with a lot of um, rescues from outside, um, especially if they're used to eating dry food from, you know, outside or rubbish. Yeah. They'll eat rubbish. I mean, like, you know, I, mm. I used to eat a lot of processed food, you know, mm. I, I, like mm. I'm, I'm a McDonald's uh, kind of kind of girl, you know, especially when I was a student. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, when we have cravings, we want junk. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? And, and, and I had to make a choice. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? You know, because it would make mm. me happy to see him eat. And that's what I chose to do. And and yeah. it taught me, and again, it did teach me lessons because I look back now and it's taught me compassion and it's taught me to release judgment. Because as much as I like to think that, you know, I don't judge people, we all judge people. We even judge ourselves. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when I've got people that are saying to me, like, you know, clients or people in my naturally cats community that feed dry or feed wet and dry or wet, dry and raw or whatever, you know, there was a little bit in my head that was like, well, dry food's bad food, you know? And it was like that, that linear, it was that black and white, dry food is bad. And, and mm. it's not that black and white, you know, there, there is a place for it. And I, and I might get shot by raw food feeding people, but there is no perfect cat mum. There is no perfect cat guardian. You need to do the best you can with what you've got in that moment. Right. So yeah. Yep. What what good does it do me to be righteous? What good does it do me to be yeah. right in that I won't feed my cat dry food when he's basically yeah. literally, like you said, dying in front of me because that's all he'll eat. Well, if that's all I'll eat, then I'll give it him, you know? And actually yeah. it's taught me compassion because when people say they're trying to transition their cat from like, you know, onto wet or onto raw and it's not going well, 
I mean, I've done it with two different cats and with Leah, we've had to do it three separate occasions. So I do have like kind of empathy for it, but it's taught me even more compassion for those people in terms of, you know, look, I get it. You know, I yeah. understand how hard it can be when your head says one thing and your heart says something else. Yeah. And yeah, I, I will always, always advocate to lead from your heart. And I know that's not everyone's yeah. cup of tea. I always trust my intuition and sometimes my head gets louder. My head is more noisy and, and shouting more. But if yeah. I follow my heart, things generally tend to work out right. So, yeah. you know, do I want to be right and, and lead from my head or do I want to be happy and see my cat eating, which mm. makes, you know, which fills me with joy? We'll go, we'll go with it, yeah. you know. I think, yeah, that's why I feel, you know, um, I always believe animals are angels sent from heaven to teach us something in life. Completely. And... Uh, and one of the things that they're still teaching me to this day, because <laughs> the original me is a very judgmental, inflexible bitch. <laughs> I, I'm a real judgy, judgy bitch. Okay? Yes, uh, the original me, very inflexible, very judgmental. It took me a very long time to even be this version. And I might mm -hmm. even say I'm the better version. I'm a work in progress, mm -hmm. you know. But all. it's thanks to my animals. It really is thanks to my animals because each time, every case, like you said, you know, especially when they are sick, um, you have to hold your judgment. Like, if yeah. if you tried everything, and that's what I believe. If you try have tried everything, and this is the only option left, just go with it. Yeah, you know, you know, it's like. Unless you, you want an animal to die sooner, okay, you know. But yeah. I think all of us, you know, it's 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 a learning curve. It's really like, mm -hmm. um, it's a very humbling experience. Because yeah. you just realize what a big effing e ego you have. <laughs> That's, that is so true, Amaris. That is so, so true. And I think as humans, like in our society, we we aren't shown that mirror. You know, it's not until you have a cat that you can have that that reflection given back to you that actually get out of your head, get out of your ego. We don't always know better. You know, that's what, that comes mm. back to what I was saying before, but let them lead you to your lesson. Let them show you what they need, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and that can be so humbling and it's easy to judge, right? It's easy to be yeah. linear. It's easy to be black and white, mm. good and bad. I, I yeah. my, my community will know that I'm, I don't like good and bad because you know what's good and bad to me will be different for you so yeah. subjective but mm -hmm. there's the best the best you're doing in that moment that is enough you know and if you yeah. think back on it and you think you made the wrong decision then learn from it because yeah. in my opinion right and wrong are very fluid terms you know yeah. it either goes the way you want it to which is great or it doesn't and if it doesn't you can learn from it there's always something to learn always yeah yeah, I I remember um, years back when I was very inflexible, and I said, "It's either raw or you know, yes or no." Yes, I've been there. It's either raw or wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot mix. You you're gonna kill the gut or whatever, whatever. I I I was like yeah. that. Yeah. Because I whatever I read online at that point in time or whatever, you know. You know, I, I remember how inflexible I was. And, you know, I would tell doctors like, yeah, yeah you can't. It's either or, you yeah. know. But now over year over the years, um, you know, and more more knowledge, more science, more more people, you know, are coming forward to share their knowledge online, you mm -hmm. know. And you learn more, you make mistakes, and you realize like, hmm, wow, okay, 
<laughs> yes, transition slowly, mix and match is fine, you know. So I've I've learned, I've learned, I'm still learning. The animals yeah. constantly put me on my toes. They always surprise yeah. me. Yeah. I mean like current currently I've got like twelve cats and one dog at home. And Ooh, every wow. single every single cat is so personality is different. Then they're, they're yes. not the same. No. And they have different preferences. It's like, yes. holy cow, I've got a lot of kids. <laughs> oh, yes. I've got a lot <laughs> of kids. Yes. And the bickering and the cat politics sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I wish yeah. I could say I, I've, I've got a handle of everything and my life is perfect. <laughs> and all the cats pee beautifully and poop beautifully in a little box, you know. Unfortunately, um... I'm a rescuer, foster. Please don't do it this way unless you're a rescuer. But, you know, um, if you're not prepared to deal with the crap yeah. and the accidents, yeah. don't have so many animals, even though yeah. you say you love animals. Um, you know, I, I, I started as a rescuer, so I just, you know, took, took, took. But I realized I, got, I started to get burnout, rescue burnout, yeah. compassion fatigue. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, ooh, that's what I learned. Last few years, especially, I got to learn to set my boundaries and learn to say no. I can't yes. keep taking on any more cats because yes. um, I don't print money as much as I wish I did. You know, I, I wish I, yeah, one of the things I kind of regret not learning in school is, you know, how to make fake money and, you know, be a counterfeiter. <laughs> that, that's something that, you know, I, I kind of regret that maybe I should have spent more time in the arts and, and, and the computer, <laughs> just learn how to do all these things, you know. Uh, like money heist kind of thing, but um, yeah, I just, you know, I have a limited resource financially, so I had to stop and make do. Yeah. So I and I work with a lot of uh, we work with like low income families as well. Mm. So again, suspend your big ego and high and mighty values. You know, you're talking to people who might not earn a lot of money. Yeah. But they still love their animal, their cat, yeah. and you know we we try our best to to educate them like on options that is within their budget, you know mm. how you could try and mix and match, freshen up mm. the bowl as as we mm. like to teach them, yeah. you know it doesn't have to Lovely. be one hundred percent kibble all the time. You can make yeah. bone broth. You can, yeah. hey, if you cook at home, you, you can, can share egg. some of your scraps with them. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. We, we, we do a lot of that. So, you know, um, like I said, I used Education's to be a very really inflexible. Yeah, yeah, I used to be a very inflexible bitch, very judgy. Mm. But over mm. the years with so many animals, it's humbled me many, many times. Like, you know, they yeah. keep teaching me like, hey, big ego, go away. <laughs> you know nothing. absolutely come yeah come back come back to your heart you know your intuition and, and let yeah. go of the layers of how we think we should be and what we think should be happening you know and yeah. like you said it's not just financial limitations you know and, and financial resources you've got a finite amount of mental capacity and emotional capacity yeah. you know you mentioned like compassion fatigue and yeah. you know if you're not prepared to deal with the crap if you're not prepared to deal with the bad stuff you know then think about whether having an animal is the right thing for you because you've got to be able to deal with potentially problem behaviors or reactive situations or things that you just can't quite figure out for a while you know we had pickle we had a litter tray there was a puppy training tray and it was two meters by two meters absolutely <laughs> massive that's a palace that's a palace <laughs> massive right 
yeah. and she would still go on, go in, put her front two feet in, have the back two feet out, and we on the mat the other side of the tray. I'm like, seriously, cat. You know, you got like a four, four meter squares here, you know, or whatever the maths is. I'm terrible in maths, but you've got like, you know, a quarter of my dining room is your litter tray and you still decide to wee on the goddamn floor. So we, we, were, we were washing mats daily, sometimes mm. twice daily with her, you oh, know. But I we don't, hear you, I we, hear we, you. We don't give her to the rescue. We don't give her up because she can't wee in the tray. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay what can I do to help you? You know, the lesson for me, what more can I do to support you? What more can I do to help you? You know, mm. and with compassion fatigue and that emotional, like our emotional state is, is so crucial to our cat's well-being. So my, my mission, as you may, may not know, is giving cats a voice, you know, and this year for 2022, I've decided that I am focusing on the emotions, you know, the emotional state of cats, the emotional state of humans. So, you know, I think there's like, when, when you look at a cat and their well-being, as with humans, you know, you've got the kind of four, four angles, if you like. So mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. And I've done my time talking about number of litter trays and talking about, you know, cat trees and scratching posts, you know, and enrichment and stuff. This year I'm going hard. And, and hopefully not going home on the uh, emotional side of things. So, you know, I want to talk about how our emotional health affects our cats. I want to talk about how, you know, their emotional state is really, really important and how the two are super connected. You know, we've had situations mm. and I'm sure you've had this, especially with 12 fur babies there, you know, where you are sad and either physically crying or kind of inwardly upset and you'll have... I'd say out of 12, I don't know, at least three maybe that will be the, that sensitive that will come to be with you, to comfort you, whether that's like physically lick your tears, whether that's just to sit near you. If they're not particularly cuddly cats, they may show affection by sitting, you know, in your kind of like your aura, in your space, and they'll come to comfort you, you know? And what I think we need to realize is that cats can pick up on our energy. So our own mental health and our own emotional state it's really important we look at that. So if you're dealing with burnout or you're dealing with stress and overwhelm, like you said, you know, you'd experienced, that's going to affect the home. You know, we're all made of energy. We are all like my computer to myself. Everything is made of energy. So if it's not vibing right, it's going to cause, you know, ripples and reverberations mm. into the room, yeah. which then leads to issues in the family. So, you know, we've got to have the emotional capacity like you said to deal with those animals that we take charge of to deal with those animals that we decide to be guardians of because as much as they may help and heal us we still need to have enough sparkle in our sparkle jar to give back to them you know so what you know what would be you know um because now we've we've entered 2022 you mm -hmm. know um what would you suggest to you know cat parents out there like um how to to be more emotionally aware yeah you know what what you know a few steps that you might be able to share some tips you know yeah. like how what what do you mean to be emotionally aware so of, the first of step is to be babies? yeah the first step is to be um like cognizant is to be present so for example like when i'm cooking dinner i'm 
on my phone and I was only thinking about this today I was like I'm trying to do two things at once and I'm not present with either of them so how can I tell how I'm feeling if I'm not focused on myself so the first step I would say to people is to put phones down put tech down turn tv (laughs) off put things on mute off (laughs) and it sounds really simple but take a deep breath and and I do something called with my Um, with my clients, with my classes, with my community called Calm Connection. So I say to people, wherever you are, whether you're in the toilet, you know, I've done this in the toilet. I've done this when I've been away from people in amongst, you know, conferences or family. You basically plant yourself, whether you're stood up or you're sat down, you just, you know, you're aware of your feet and your bum. If you're sat on a chair, you put your left hand on your heart and you take a deep breath in and you take a nice slow breath out. And then you put your right hand either on your tummy or just below your belly button. So basically you're connecting with your heart chakra and either your solar plexus or your sacral, which links to your body. And you kind of effectively, you're hugging yourself. If you look at your body, if you've got your hands in those positions and you take three deep breaths, three deep, slow, long breaths. Doesn't matter if it's in through the nose and out through the mouth. Doesn't matter if it's in through the nose and out through the nose. Doesn't matter how you do it but you take three long breaths and then you're able to to sense how you feel. God, I feel overwhelmed. God, I feel really stressed. Oh, my back's really hurting. Oh, my knee's really sore today. I can't stop thinking about that work thing. That's the first step because once you connect, once you take those few, few breaths, you'll be able to take an inventory almost of how you feel. So you'll notice what's running through your head. You'll notice in your heart what emotion's going on. Or, and you'll notice in your physical body what's causing you distress. So if you could notice what, what what's where, what's going on where, then you can choose to, to deal with that. So if you've got a physical issue, do I need a hot water bottle? Do I need to take some medication? Do I need a hot bath? Do I need to sit down, right? What, what do you need to sort your physical? If it's your emotional, if you feel, I don't know, sad or... Um, like I said, overwhelmed or angry? Do you need to have a walk, move your body? Because it will shift your energy. It will help you process your emotions. Can you take time to journal? Do you need to meditate? Do you want to just go and scream out loud, you know, to outside? What 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 do you need to do to shift that emotion, to, to feel that emotion? And then when it comes to the mental, I always advocate writing lists, writing stuff down. So usually my head's busy because I'm thinking I've got to do this email and contact that person and you know I want to get that on social media and da, 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 da. so I'm like right I've got a list up on my phone so I just write it down you know and it doesn't always have deadlines or to-do dates or it's not always written in good prose or English it's just out out of my head I husband's even walked in you know at night time I'm at the bath I'm in my pajamas all ready to go to bed you know moisturizer on my face and he's like what are you doing because I'm writing on the bedside table on a little bit of paper i'm like just gotta get it out of my head before i go to bed because otherwise it will keep me awake so i've got a little notepad by my bed to get it out of my head so i would say to people you know stop plant yourself sitting or standing take your three deep breaths notice what you feel in your head in your body and in your heart and then take a step forward and see what you need to do. I feel like I'm thank desperate to go and do sharing. that now. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. 
you know um i think a lot of pet parents do their best to take care of the pets of, of you know cats do. you know because they, they love they love their their kitty cats and everything yep. but they forget to love themselves and they exactly. forget you know um if they don't take care of themselves and do some self care first yep. how are they going to take give the best care to to their fur babies yeah you know and that is i think and, a big um, trick that, that we're missing mm -hmm. yeah and that that is something which i feel very strongly about um with my journey from you know ignorant pet parent to ignorant rescuer uh self-righteous bitch that i used to be judgy judgy and now it's like you know it's almost like coming you know like really it is a journey for me as well mm -hmm. with all the animals that i've encountered all the mm -hmm. heartaches i've they have taught me a lot of things and one of the main things that keeps coming back to me is that i need to learn to love myself first oh yes because oh, each time yes. each time if i don't do any self-care i'm not giving my best to my baby i'm not yeah. helping the animal it's is to their disadvantage you know because i'm yeah. not thinking straight i'm too emotionally upset or stressed or worrying about you know um you know either you know family stuff or you know yeah. work stuff yeah so it's 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 important um so i really really like the fact and it's it's so weird that you know um we're having this conversation and that you're focusing on emotional um care and awareness because yeah. that that is something that um i'm also you know really looking into and trying to share with pet parents as well you know is yeah. that it's not just about you know feeding them the best food or the best litter or you know like what kind of litter tray you're using or anything it, it's it's not so much that it's it's really your heart how is your heart when you give your heart yeah. if your heart is bruised and hurting um you need to also learn to tend to your own heart's care you mm. know or so you, you you can't give um fully and completely to your animal that yeah. that's how i look at it Ab absolutely so you know every emotion has a different energetic frequency you know and when we have those emotions stuck in us that creates blockages or disbursement i don't know if that's the right word but you know dispersal mm. of our energy and cats mm. are sponges they are emotional and energetic sponges we know and i'm and i'm sure there's science to back it up you know we can be healed from a cat purr we know the cats soak up our emotions and our energy so yeah. if we are coming off a call or finishing our day and we're really really stressed and angry you know that is not just coming out of our body but it's going yeah. into our cat you know yeah. if we take a minute we, we finish up at our computer at our desk we go and have a wee you sit in the toilet and you just take a couple of deep breaths i guarantee you it will shift your energy and shift your um vibration you know shift your emotions and then you go to your cat you may be still like oh do you know what love i had a really crappy day but i've got a bit more love to give i've got a bit more space in my heart to connect with you now cats are fabulous at taking our emotions you know taking our energy and transmuting it you know changing it up and giving it back to the universe they do it when they're sleeping they do it when they're cleaning they do it when they're outside they do it in loads of different ways again 
different different topic for a different day but um you know if we're aware of what we are bringing to our cats it will completely transform our relationship with them so you know i'll give you an example we've had leo for two and a half years he doesn't like a lot of physical touch because he was previously feral. So for 18 months of his life, he had no interaction with humans. So he didn't have that socialization period. He didn't have the, the, the bit where he can build the bond and think that humans are lovely people and not really scary big beings. So I had a codependent relationship with Pickle. We would spoon on the bed. We'd have all sorts of crazy cuddles. You know, she'd be against my legs under a blankie. She'd be on my pillow. I'd have my face in her tummy. We'd have all sorts. So I'm craving that and I'm missing that. And I have had a periods where I have struggled to connect with Leo because all I want is what he's not giving me, what he's not capable in this moment of giving me because he can't, that's not, that's not how he shows love right now. So I can either get frustrated and shout at him and get angry and, you know, distance myself from him or get frustrated, or I can choose to look at myself which is what I'm doing. I'm practicing self-love, you know, and it's really bloody hard, really, really hard. But the other day I did some work on my root chakra and do you know what the most phenomenal thing happened later that night, he had a healing session with me, which he's probably had about three since we've had him. And then he slept on my pillow and he fell asleep so much that he was twitching, which was just beautiful. And there's a little tiny snore. And the next morning, Oh my God. He came and sat on my chest for nearly an hour and gave me cuddles. All all of that happened in a 12 hour period after I did some work on my root chakra, which is all about grounding and, you know, my, my, myself. And that's just like one example, you know, I've got loads, but I just hope people from listening to this can take away that, you know, we're not, we're not causing the problems or issues or or things that are going on with our cats. Okay. We're not causing that, but we can help that by helping ourselves. So if we can take a moment to shift our energy, to be aware of and process our emotions without just pushing it down or pushing it to one side or ignoring it, we've got more capacity in our hearts to connect with our cats, which is the, what, what they're here for, what they want, what they're here to teach us. You know, every connection's different, like you said with your 12. And I'm glad you said it because even if cats are from the same litter, they'll be completely different. Just because I've got a sister doesn't mean that we're the same. Good God, we are so different, you know? So every cat is unique and every cat's interaction and relationship and connection with a human is unique. So the relationship I have with Leo is different to what he has with my husband. So I, I I hope that the pet parents or the cat guardians that hear this will take comfort in the fact that we're all doing our best, you know, and if you've got capacity to not necessarily do more, but just do it slightly differently, be a bit easier on yourself, let go of the guilt that you think you should have, would have, could have done X, Y, and Z with the cat. And above all else, pause, <laughs> that, no pun intended with, you know, cat pause, but pause, <laughs> catch your breath take a moment to look at what you need and once you've given yourself that then you can give more to your cat well julianne from naturally cats i want to thank you on behalf of all the pet parents out there that you've helped you know and i'm pretty sure pickle is with you right now and she's so dang proud of you you know 
she 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 is she is your spirit guide she is your buddy and she's watching out and she's telling you like well you thought you knew everything i sent leo for you <laughs> exactly exactly i had that exact thought as well <laughs> you thought you had it <laughs> here you come here you go have another one wow i'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe download rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.